you can understand that China comes from the Sanskrit, and it's a name which was first found in the 16th century to refer to this land, which we today know as China. Hi, this is Anita from the Dusty Roads podcast, which is all about living your life as a global citizen. The other day, I was helping my 16-year-old nephew with some of his schoolwork, and I specifically was helping him with some of his Chinese. He is taking a beginning Chinese class in his high school. As we got talking, I told him, I said, you know, the name China in Chinese is actually Zhengguo, which means Middle Kingdom. It is not the name China. You know, the Chinese name or the name of China, which, you know, we in the Western world know of of it as today, actually comes from the Sanskrit name of China, you know, which the name refers to the Qing dynasty, the first dynasty to rule China. So, So actually the name China, you know, was not seen in Western writing until the 16th century. So this is kind of interesting because the name Shina or Sheen was translated by the Persians, was was later made popular along this Chinese Silk Road trade routes. The West did not record or use the word China until about 1516, when it began to appear in trade journals. You know, actually, the famous explorer Marco Polo that many of us think about when we think of the old Silk Road, he referred to China as Cathay and not China. So this just goes to show that, you know, China has had all these different names for this country over the centuries. But today, we pretty much have all settled on calling it the name China. You know, most scholars believe that the name China came from Sanskrit and was later translated to be China in English. So, you know, um, that could be why some of the European countries may call it China, uh, China, or they might have different versions of the name China in their own language. It's really thought that it came from the Qing dynasty. For example, during the Han dynasty, the Han referred to the Roman Empire as Da Qing, or the literal meaning the Big West. You know, so, you know, China itself has all these different names for, you know, other different parts of the world, too. And even the Greeks and Romans, they knew China as a different name, which was Cervais, which meant the land where the silk comes from. You know, and this was because China was the first significant significant silk producer in the world, and China was exporting silk along the trade route. You know, when, when many people, when they see the name China, many people also wonder, like, did the name come from, um, you know, because of the fact that China was producing porcelain? And today, we, of course, call porcelain China. But really, that's not where it came from at all, that it really came from, most people believe, from the Sanskrit. You know, the um, Qing dynasty, which was um, first essential dynasty in China's history, actually did not rule very long, but yet they were a powerful dynasty that had a great impact on China. And, you know, some of the things that the Qing dynasty is known for is the Great Wall. They started the Great Wall of China. And when most people think about China today, they think about this Great Wall. And of course they should, because the Great Wall is magnificent. You know, anyone that's been to the Great Wall 
you know, it, it's just fascinated by the structure that was built. And it makes you think about, too, how many people actually died building this wall. In fact, you know, recently when I was helping my nephew with his homework, we got into this conversation of how many people died building the Great Wall of China. You know, it actually was millions of people who died. You know, the Qing Dynasty also started building roads and infrastructure. They were great road builders and infrastructure builders, and projects were started all over China for this. And these roads kind of helped ease the travel between different parts of China. It, of course, also helped to open up things as a Silk Road. And because the Silk Road became open, it allowed for for Chinese to be able to travel to other parts of the world. And they brought back with them uh, religion, goods, culture, and other things from other parts of the world. And they also, they themselves visited other parts of the world and began to, you know, essentially they, they began to bring back the good things they learned from those parts of the world to their own country. The Qing Dynasty also built the Grand Canal, and I've been on the Grand Canal. It's a fascinating canal to be on. And the Qing Dynasty built this wonderful water structure throughout China, which also led to a lot of trade in some of the inland areas. They expanded China's boundaries. That they um, expanded the boundaries, and they they you know they really you know began to unify China as one place where there wasn't so much these different warlords, but as one big country. The Qing Dynasty also built what's really known as a terracotta army. If you go to that part of, um, you know, in Xi'an, China, go there and you see the terracotta warriors. It's really a fascinating thing to see again, all these different warriors that are, you know, made out of clay. The Qing Dynasty also built that. They introduced the currency to China. So um, the Qing Dynasty was one of them that actually introduced all the currency system within China itself. They had a uniform system for weights and measurements, so they standardized the systems for weights and measurements. They uniformed the writing system. They they made a um, you know the writing system for the Chinese and the Chinese characters. It's not the characters as we know it today because you know essentially over the years the characters have changed, but they did do a unified type of writing system. And they had central political power. They centralized the political power so that, you know, so China wasn't just made up of all these different warring factions. So you kind of see why, you know, the Qing dynasty was a very important dynasty within within China itself and why the Qing, you know, dynasty became this important dynasty for the Chinese even today. The Qing Dynasty forever changed China. So I think it is really appropriate that this Qing Dynasty is really where the name China comes from. So the next time you think about China, think about the Qing Dynasty and how they left their mark on China for thousands of years, where today you see some of these major projects that they started are still essential and an important part of the Chinese history and culture. They set the tone for the other dynasties that followed them and the other dynasties that would later rule China. In the short time of ruling China, the Qing dynasty forever changed the face of China and the landscape of China with their many major projects. So the next time you think about the name China, you can understand that China comes from the Sanskrit, and it's a name which was first found in the 16th century to refer to this land, which we today know as China.
This is Anita from the Dusty Roads Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy this little bit of history and you learn something new because that's what this is all about, living your life as a global citizen and trying to learn something new and explore the world. Whether you can travel or you can't travel, it's okay. We can all become global citizens and live our life as a global citizen. Like to thank those who helped put this podcast together, especially Rico. And we'd like to thank you, our listeners. We want you to know that we truly do appreciate you.